I get it. You're a people person and that's why you're in sales. But now you're spending a lot of time stuck behind tech instead of being with people and it's driving you crazy. I'm Merit Khan and I've got tips to help you with your most important relationship on this episode of The Smarter Sales Show. You are listening to The Smarter Sales Show where sales challenges are solved with tech and technique so you can sell more and stress less. Please welcome your hosts, sales experts and funny ladies, Merit Khan and Julie Holmes. Welcome to the Smarter Sales Show, your weekly tech tips and technique tune-up for sales professionals who want to sell more and stress less with a special focus on virtual selling. I'm Julie Holmes, and every week I'm here to provide you with some awesome tech tips that will help you to sell smarter. I'm also joined every week by my co-host Merit Khan, who will give you specific sound bites, strategies, and sales techniques so that you can stress less and get into action. We're continuing on our series of four episodes around relationship and rapport building in a virtual world. If you're new to the show, we pack a ton of bonus content on our free resources page. So click the link in the show notes or in the attachment section if you're watching us on the Sales Experts channel. If you are ready, and I know you are, let's get smarter in sales. Let's definitely do that. Um, you know, we know that sales is about relationships. We know that all things being equal, people do business with people that they like and know and trust, right? We've heard that for yeah. eons. And so then we know that you want to be somebody that people can know and like and trust. The question is, how do you really do that in a hybrid world? I guess Free gifts. You know, with what? Free gifts. Free get well, free gifts. That that's always a good thing, right? Donuts. <laughs> Donuts work, absolutely. Um wine. Wine. Yes, chocolate. That's my personal <laughs> favorite. You want to get to me, get to my heart, send me chocolate, dark chocolate, quality, high quality dark chocolate. Mm. That'll that'll that builds relationship and rapport. Um, <laughs> you know, absolutely. <clears throat> I'm going to apologize in advance. I got, I got the vid, Julie. I got the vid. Oh, well, you still yeah. look good. That's all that matters. What? Thanks. <laughs> Blame your kids. Yeah, for sure. I am blaming my kid. He got it. Uh, I got my vaccine on Tuesday. He got sick on Wednesday. I was down for the count by Friday. Whatever. It's almost like, uh, you know, I had FOMO. Like, wait, the pandemic's almost over. I didn't get it yet. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that you are feeling good enough to be here with us today. Well, this is a very important topic. And I think that as I was thinking a lot about this, you know, I mean, we could talk our, we could talk for hours and hours about interpersonal relationships and how you really connect with people and build rapport. And back in the early days of my training, 20 plus years ago, I used to teach matching and mirroring, like, which was absolutely, which was so fun. Like, um, imagine going to the bar with me when we were young and single. Um, now I'm just old and single, but back then was really fun. And I would practice my matching and mirroring from across a crowded room, you know, and just see like, how good am I at building rapport? 
Wow. I don't want to say like, we need to get a life, but I think maybe we need to get a life. Well, it was fun. It was fun back then. But what I have come to realize in my wisdom and age is that the first and most important relationship we really need to focus on building is the one that we have understanding ourselves. So I think before we look at how to build that external relationships with other people, we really want to look at what are the things that draw people to us when we are strong from the inside out. And so um, last episode, episode, season two, episode 14, Julie shared the 10 tips to shine as a sales rep on Zoom. And that is incredibly important. If you haven't listened to that episode, you definitely want to do that because you want to be so good at the technology, the delivery model of that communication, that it doesn't get in your way building connection and and rapport with other people. You just kind of have to be good at it in the background. Um, I think there's another another point to that too, Merit, which is that if you're worried about tech, you are not focused on your prospect. Exactly. Exactly. And the key thing to remember is that we relate to human beings through emotion. How we connect to people is through technology, but relating and forming relationships is always going to be about emotions. So what I want to really talk about today is top five emotional intelligence attributes for top performing sales professionals. Now, Think of this as like an in, the ingredients of building the most uh, building, baking the most amazing cake you've ever had, because this it's these ingredients that really come together to to make us strong and to, you know, draw people into us. So without further ado, are you ready for the top five, Julie? I am ready for the top five. All right. Self-actualization, independence, self-regard, optimism, and assertiveness. Okay, I think I have a couple of those. (laughs) Yes, you absolutely do. You absolutely do. So let's break these down. Self-actualization is super important if you want to draw people to you and create good interpersonal relationships. What it is all about is it's that ability to, you know, it's that quest for self-improvement. It's, you know, I'm happy and satisfied with who I am and how my life is and what I've accomplished. And yet I'm still striving for more. So, okay. So it's your ambition. Yes. Like a healthy level of ambition. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, And I think what really makes it, it's it's more than just business and money ambition. It's really about, you know, getting good at other things in your life. So if you're passionate about surfing or dog training or comedy writing, then it's getting, it's, it's improving in those areas where you're passionate about as well. And if you think about it, sorry, were you going to say something? You have that. I was just going to ask. I was, I was just curious. So self-actualization, that's the top of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Is it the same kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah, it really okay. is. It's like um, the, it, it's being happy with where you are, where you are, knowing you can accomplish more. It gives, it's, it makes you well-rounded, yeah. right? So, okay. um, and I, 
you're right. I mean, it is the top of the needs, right? So we're not talking, if you're listening to this podcast and you're dealing with like food, water, and shelter, like, like you can shut us off, go handle those things, right? Like, like let's get the bottom of the pyramid just handled. Now, as you go up the ranks, you really want it, to, it's about like, how much can you learn? How much can you grow? Because you have more to offer in that capacity. So okay. one of my favorite um, authors on this topic is Carol Dweck. So if you're watching us on the Sales Experts channel, I'm holding up her book right now. It's called Mindset. I love how you always have props. You know, <laughs> I have a I have go a Vanna, go Vanna. Right. So her book is called Mindset, Carol Dweck, D-W-E-C-K. And what I love about this book is that she really talks about a growth mindset as mm-hmm. as contrast to a fixed mindset. So a fixed mindset is, you know, I, you know, I, I don't like what I would say to you at the beginning of the pandemic. I'm not good with technology. Well, that's a fixed mindset that is going to get me stuck. And you, you know, got me by the, by the neck and said, "Uh, no, Merritt, you, I've seen you learn other things and you'll be able to learn this. And so then I shifted my mindset. I reminded myself of Carol Dweck's book and I was like, okay, I am going to have a growth mindset about this. So my coaching to all of our audience today is really expand your thinking like make sure your mindset is conducive to you building relationships with people in yeah. whatever delivery model makes sense in the world that we're living in. Right. So yeah. it's just self-actualization is a really important attribute just to be able to have more to offer. Right. Like, yeah. And I think, you know, like I was actually um, talking to somebody um, this week and one of the topics that came up about their sales team was we were talking about their sales team and some of the challenges they were facing was whether they were dealing with an abundance mindset or a scarcity mindset. Mm. So I think it's very similar to that, right? This idea of, are you focused on what you have to work with or on what you don't have to work with? That's yeah. Well said. That's a great point. And that's a perfect application for this. Like, you know, if you are coming from a scarcity mindset, think about from the other person's perspective, do you want to be in a relationship with someone who comes from that scarcity place? Do you want to yeah. do, do you look at that person like a trusted advisor that you want to do business with? Probably not. Like we don't, we don't want those people around us. Um, right. You know, that's, if you're in sales with a scarcity mindset, you're going to struggle. You are going to have such a hard time. That's why you could learn all the, sales techniques and all these cool tech, but a scarcity mindset won't have you in action with any of yeah. that. So lean into what you can do to grow that self-actualization score. And where I would start, where I would challenge you to start is start with a passion and it doesn't have to do, have anything to do with business. I am passionate about stand-up comedy and writing. And for most of the pandemic, I was really frustrated because there wasn't a place to perform stand-up comedy and and I wasn't getting that need met. And so I signed up for a class and I worked with a coach and now I'm flexing that muscle and I'm seeing that my conversations in business are richer. I'm I'm more in my element. I'm more creative because I'm nurturing that other part of me. Yeah, I can, I can see how that would, 
you know, when you have that thing that you really enjoy and you're investing your time and your energy in it, it just makes you happier. Exactly. And it makes you more open to doing other things because you are, you are, um, yeah, I love it. I love it. The self-actualization. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you. I like it. And it justifies all the time and money I spend on dog training. Well, so I'm going to go. tell my husband that I'm doing it as an important part of my job. <laughs> exactly. Hold please while I stop myself from choking. <laughs> Woo. Okay. Let me go on to number two. Number two is independence. So think about this. You've probably heard at some point in your career, like the customer is always right. Have you ever been in a situation, Julie, where the customer was not right about what they thought they needed to solve their problem? Absolutely. We call that delusion. Exactly. So a good, strong salesperson, a sales professional, somebody who is really a trusted partner and not just a vendor is going to have to be independent. They're going to have to stand in their own power, stand on their own two feet, and not be afraid to say, you know, with all due respect, that is one way to solve the problem. And are you, if you're open to it, let me make some other offers for you. Let me show you some other opportunities that may be a more direct way, a better way, an additional way for you to consider to solve this problem. Now, I can teach you that language all day and give you a script to, to recite. But at the end of the day, if fundamentally you don't feel like a strong, independent, self-directed professional, those words won't come out of your mouth. Mm. You're going you're gonna to say, well, that makes sense. You know, like this is a good solution, but your idea works too. And then yeah. that places a seed of doubt in the prospect. Remember we talked about, they want to be able to know, like, and trust you. Well, if you make a recommendation or you are having a sales conversation and they feel like they can't trust you, it's over. It's yeah. over. And or if they it, feel like you're just parroting them. Exactly. You so, know, everything I say, you just go, yeah, sure. We can do that. Oh, I'm sure we can figure it out. Oh, and you know, who's not going to love that is all of the people that have to support your sale. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I, so, so kind of that, that's, that position of strength and confidence in, in what you're selling, who you are, and kind of the, the boundaries within which you exist and kind of sell from. Yes. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Hold on. I think when it comes to, and I'll just talk over Merritt, who's muted and coughing now. Um, <clears throat> when it comes to that kind of independence and self-direction, One of the things that I think is really important from a sales perspective is that by being that kind of, I want to say mature, but not like in an age related way, but being that kind of mature, sensible, balanced person that a client interacts with, that naturally makes them feel more confident in working with you. They they want somebody who feels sturdy and centered and and stable and somebody who's not wishy-washy. Exactly. At least I do, for sure. Exactly. Now, what you're talking about is a nice dovetail to number three, which is self-regard. So there's just a distinction between independence and self-regard. So self-regard is is speaks to that confidence and self-respect. 
it's a, it's a little different than self-esteem. And how I describe this is self-regard emanates from the inside out. Self-esteem is something you look for from the outside in. So in other words, if, if my parents or my you know, colleagues are always telling me, gosh, Merritt, you're great. <clears throat> that's nice, but that's trying to get my, my need for approval from the outside. Like if I, if I only feel good when other people are telling me I've done a good job, that's self-esteem. That's increasing or decreasing self-esteem. Self-regard comes from the inside out. So I know I did the work. I, 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 yeah. I studied, I, I have the chops in that area. Like I have, I have confidence in my own abilities and that resonates from inside out. And that is something that is incredibly attractive uh, for prospective clients and customers because they are relying on your confidence. They're, they're feeding off of that. They want that. And so now we do have to be, be careful not to go overboard with that either because you don't want you know to become like the know-it-all and no one yeah. likes that guy right so the the difference between self-regard and independence is self-regard is like i i can feel confident independence is i'm clear that i can articulate and say this is the right way to go like i yeah. can assert that so that's and then does self-esteem, so does self-esteem feed self-confidence potentially? It can. You just have to be really careful with it. Mm -hmm. So self-esteem is a little bit like, um, you know, the, the, the problem can be that you start to rely on it and then you need the approval. Wow. When you need okay. approval of others, you are less likely to do the right thing um, because if it if it might make someone uncomfortable or you know in any way feel bad or have them not like you, you're you're not gonna go that route. So I can remember um, back in my days as a sales manager a number of years ago, I had a couple of different sales folks on my team. I had a whole sales staff, and <clears throat> there was one guy in particular who was. Um, he had a high need for approval. And I remember mm -hmm. just very distinctly one, you know, Monday morning meeting and I was like, you know, so, you know, how did everybody, you know, like, how was everybody's weekend? Right. And this guy was so proud of himself because he had been invited to um, a family picnic for one of his prospects. And he went on and on and on about how he was, you know, like invited to this family event. And I'm thinking, great. Um, so when can we expect that order? You know, and he was like, oh, I don't, I don't know. We didn't, we didn't, we certainly didn't talk about that then. I'm like, okay. So when you have the follow-up meeting to talk about the business, you know, what's good, what happened? Oh, I don't have any follow-up meetings. Like he was, he just wanted to be everybody's friend. Yeah. And my perspective was, I'm your sales manager. I want you to close some business. <laughs> like, let's go. And so, yeah. you know, that was, I don't know, just a little offshoot story <clears throat> that I can't remember the point of that because it got lost in my coughing somewhere. That's all right. So I think it's, it comes back to 
right? So that confidence and self-respect, when you exude that confidence and self-respect, and that's coupled with your independence, it makes you just really trustworthy. Yes. Yes. That is my summary of everything you just said. (laughs) Well, let me... Let me go on to number four then. Number four is optimism. Yay! <laughs> you love this one. <laughs> um, and, and I think most people would uh, expect that optimism would be on the top five list of attributes for top performing sales professionals. Because, you know, honestly, if we don't see uh, something good happening, if we don't have a positive outlook on life, let's face it, this business is... Mm too fraught with it, with rejection. If you take that personally, if you don't kind of say like, okay, well that was a no, but you know, the next one will be a yes. You know, we know that we're not going to set meetings with every single person that we have a discovery call with. Um, that's fine, but you've got to be able to have an optimistic outlook about what's next, about the possibility that you are creating. And that gets you in in action, doing more activities that will lead to a positive outcome. I, I Tell me if this is a, a fair application, Mary, but I would have to believe that part of that optimism <laughs> extends to your prospects and what you're going to be able to deliver for them. Like you have to be able to communicate to them, working with us, working with our products, our services, like this is going to be great for you. Let me paint the perfect, let me paint, not the perfect picture, but let me paint the optimistic picture of success of where you're headed. And let me, you're, you're selling the vision as much as you're selling your product and service. Yes, I agree with that. I just, you just have to be careful when you do that in the sales process. That's so right. if you do that too soon, then it's going to sound pushy. Okay. But if you give them a chance to discover for themselves that they are really in pain, that they really have <clears throat> an issue that is important enough for them to solve now, and that they've got the budget and the decision, like I want to, I want to know that I'm gonna that that they are going to take action so that yeah. they can get to that positive result. But I don't want to. get someone so excited about the positive outcome if I don't know that they're going to do what it takes to get there. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Is it a little bit too, you know, if we're talking about, you know, how these, you know, emotional intelligence attributes attract um, relationships and attract rapport, is it safe to say that your optimism comes out as kind of either an Eeyore or a tie or a Tigger, right? Like, are you like, yeah, this is awesome. Let's do this. Or are you like a, yeah, I, you know, like, I guess we could do this. Like nobody really wants to hang out with Eeyore. I think that's a good way to sum that up. Yeah. You you definitely just want to be that person that other people want to be around. But I I do want to say you, you want it to be, natural and authentic. Um, Cause if you've ever been around someone who's kind of turning it on. Oh yeah. It's you can smell that a mile away. So maybe more Winnie the Pooh than Tigger. 
Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with, <laughs> let's go with Winnie the Pooh. Um, see, the thing is, if these attributes are strong for you, it will shine through regardless of the delivery model. And if these attributes need improvement, then it doesn't matter that, you know, you know, all your zoom settings or use cool video email right. tools, like it's just not going to come across. So if I'm, you know, Eeyore on my video email, you're gonna be like, well, that that wasn't very fun to watch, <laughs> you know, yeah. but, but if I'm like, Hey, you know, things are looking up and da, 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 and I don't know if we should do business together, but it definitely makes sense for us to talk. You know, here's my number. Let's set up a time. You know, that's, that's positive. There's something, there's some, you're intrigued. You want to be more around more of that energy. And I think, I think what you're saying is a good point, by the way, it is, it is a natural tendency for people to shut down in front of a camera lens. Yeah. Um, and it, and it feels like, um, I mean, I can remember, so I, I was, um, a DJ on radio stations when I was in college and like not college radio, but like proper, you know, citywide radio and, uh, and an FM channel, not like some crazy AM talk show. No, like an actual music channel. The point is, is that when I first went into radio, I mean, I'd been speaking for a long time at that point. And when I first went into radio, I was terrible because I was talking to myself and you feel like an idiot talking to yourself. I mean, imagine that those people that you hear on the radio, they sound so excited. There's nobody in that little box with them. <laughs> They're just on their own. Like, Oh, this is great. I'm having an awesome time by myself in a little <laughs> tiny box, which is crazy. But what you have to do is to remember that you're, you're reaching across that platform to somebody else. And what is it that they're hearing? Yeah. I think that's a great example of that, you know, and, uh, and that's a lot of times, you know, I mean, that's how we're feeling on these, on these video meetings, particularly mm -hmm. somebody has another camera on. And so you're still have to, you still have to be upbeat and, you know, optimistic and assertive and independence and self-confident and, it's, it can rattle you a little bit, but, yeah. you know, I just want to say very clearly, like the delivery model, don't let that get in your way. Talk to a camera, you know, whatever it is, it's, it's these things just, it's creating a vibe. It's creating a mood. And so just be aware that you want to set the right tone for a business transaction, um, which leads me into the fifth important attribute, which is assertiveness. Assertiveness is so important. No. <laughs> That's cute, Julie. <clears throat> Very cute. I crack me up. You crack okay, me up. Assertiveness. assertiveness. Oh, wait, I missed the non-offensive part. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> the thing. It's uh, it's about non-offensive communication. So assertive people are able to say what needs to be said without ruffling any feathers it's not about being aggressive. And a lot of times when I'm training, uh, when I'm coaching clients on the topic of assertiveness or I'm working with a sales team and they have some real concerns about, we don't wanna be pushy or aggressive. Um, and then I say, okay, great. Well, let's talk about how to be assertive. And they're like, whoa, we just said, we don't wanna be aggressive. And I'm like, mm, yeah, I heard you, but we wanna be assertive, not aggressive. You were aggressive. being assertive when you told them that. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and one of the things that I love, my one of my favorite line, one liners is um, 
how do I tell you something you don't want to hear without you getting mad at me? Mm. It's such a great line because it, you know, of course, somebody's going to say, oh, no, no, just say it. And then I would, I might say again, like, um, no, 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 you're really not going to want to hear it. Okay, Merit, just, just say it. Well, what is it? Like now they're like, they can't wait for it. Mm. And then I can deliver the bad news. And it's like, hey, you said you want, you know, like that solution isn't going to work. Like yeah. that, that part, if we only do that first part of the project, you know, if I only give you an emotional intelligence assessment and we don't do that one-on-one debrief, like you might as well not do it. In fact, it's, it's more like, you know, it, it's, it's, I, it, I could be doing more harm than good by not going through a, a mm-hmm. debrief so that you can see it through trained eyes. Like that's, that's malpractice. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, being able to be assertive is a real skill. And that's one of those things I think that separates just a salesperson from a real professional to be able to say, this is what you need. This will solve the problem. Um, I get it. You're, you know, like, you don't have to say this, but this would be in your mind. Like you come from a world where the sale, you know, the customer is always right. That ain't the case. And here's the right solution. So yeah. No like and trust, that's, these are the attributes that describe the person that gains, that earns that no like and trust quality that people are drawn to. These are the building blocks to be someone who conducts themselves in that way. Yeah. And I think, you know what, this is probably a good time for us to just take a, a little moment because I know that you are working with select sales. And I, if you've never been through emotional intelligence training or an assessment or anything like this, if you've never done anything with emotional intelligence and you're in sales, you are missing a huge, huge insightful opportunity to better understand yourself, your style and where to bolster your skills. Mm. You know, it never ceases to amaze me how much time so many teams that I've worked with in the past, including teams that I've been on, you know, where we've spent an inordinate amount of time working on skills. Yeah. Like, here's how we do, you know, this form and here's how we fill out, you know, who our buyer personas are. And here's how we, here's how we map the relationship in the sales cycle. And not nearly enough time, in my opinion, is spent understanding what our strengths are in terms of communication style and in terms of emotional intelligence, which so nicely blend together, that that's probably one of the most important things. So, you know, like, yes, contact select sales and and content content because because when it comes to emotional intelligence for sales, sales, there aren't a lot of people who specialize in that combination. And Merit, you, my friend, are freaking awesome when it comes to that. Just (laughs) saying. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. Uh, And yeah, let me make it easy for you guys. Um, Take an emotional intelligence assessment, really get get cozy with your blind spots. Um, I will do the debrief with you myself and I'm gonna make it a no brainer for you and give you a $100 off a little coupon code. It's in the attachments, it's on our free resources page. The code is TSSS, The Smarter Sales Show. And um, yeah, so click the link. It's on the show notes, the free resources page and the attachments. Um, 
you know, you, you will be amazed what you can learn. You know, it's interesting because um, I am studying, currently studying my, myself. I'm working on my own self-improvement, uh, self-actualization. I'm studying sleep right now because what I noticed was that um, I wanted to be healthier right? I want to be healthier, right? We always, we all want to be healthier. And the two areas that we naturally gravitate to are like diet and exercise. Like what else can I learn about diet and exercise? Well, when I really asked myself, well, what's wrong? Like what, what's happening when I don't eat well or exercise well? And the, the common denominator is those activities, I, I'm not doing the best, making the best choices with diet and exercise when I'm tired. When yeah. I don't get good sleep, those two pieces fail me. And I yeah. think emotional intelligence is very much like that. It's really the foundation that your skills and your tech and all the other things that you learn about how to be a good salesperson, it rests on what do you know about yourself? What do you need to know? Where do you need to dial up like empathy or assertiveness and maybe dial back something else? Yeah. So let, I, you know, you said it just then, and I was really wondering, can, can we, can I call it, can I ask for a bonus? Can I request? Yes. Because one of the things that I really enjoy hearing you explain to me again and again, because I need to hear it again and again, is can you talk a little bit about empathy and how empathy, particularly how empathy balances with other, with other emotional intelligence attributes? Because I think empathy is one of those things that we're all a little bit, I almost want to say a little bit overwhelmed or a little bit like afraid of, we don't want to appear unsympathetic. We don't want to appear cold or distant or, you know, in disregard for others. Mm. But I think that when we're too empathetic, is that a problem? It can be a problem. Empathy is an interesting one. And that is one of the other emotional intelligence attributes. It didn't make the top five list for top sales professionals. But I think in times of crisis or chaos, um, it, we would be really wise to amp up our empathy and just put ourselves in, in another person's shoes, um, not at the expense of asserting our solution that okay. could solve their problem, but in an effort to meet them where they are so that we can bring them along. Um, okay. If I don't demonstrate, if I don't give you that, that feeling like I really understand where you're coming from and, I, and I'm in your world, then you look at me as an outsider, as opposed to somebody who really understands. That's why we, we like people who understand um, not just our industry, but the pains that are, that mm. happen in our industry and, you know, the specific issues that might, you know, emotional triggers that might keep me up at night. That's why when we talk about um, in this, in, on this show and certainly in the training that we do with select, you know, we look at what are the, how do you describe what you do in a way that will relate, you know, resonate with someone on an emotional yeah. level. You can't just say I do sales training. You say I work with people and they're so frustrated because it should be easier to get business than it is. That one little soundbite lets you know, I get you. So yeah. I have empathy for your situation and I have a solution that I'm going to be able to assert that I, that I can help you with this because I have a positive outlook and I'm going to drag you out of this problem. 
I love it. I think it's a great, I love the idea of having a balance between empathy and assertiveness. Yeah. I've, I've heard you talk about it before on episodes and, and I've, I've found it fascinating so much. So you and I've had a number of conversations about this outside of the show. And it is just one of the most interesting combinations that you can really see pan out when you, when you know what it is, you can listen for it. And it, it's surprising to me how much you can see in the world where people are trying to balance empathy and assertiveness. Yeah. There's a lot of really interesting combinations. And I think that's why I'm, I'm so fascinated with emotional intelligence. I've been certified to train this stuff for more than a dozen years. And um, it just never, it's always interesting because there's these 15 attributes. They're all interesting in and of themselves, yeah. but the combinations and how they show up and how, how you recognize them playing out in the real world that is absolutely fascinating. And it's, mm. it's focusing on just like a couple of little tweaks that can make such a big difference for people. Um, and, and everything about emotional intelligence can be grown. You can, you can learn, you can focus on it and you can make improvements in a, in a pretty short order. It's yeah, kind of like the whole awareness thing, right? Like you, you know, you can't fix what you don't see. Exactly. And so you have to have some level of awareness. I mean, this is, it's such an interesting topic. And of course it's much bigger than even just the, the, the six that you've shared with us today, right? 15 attributes. I think for me, the one in this particular conversation that's, you know, really stuck with me is really around kind of that difference between self-regard and independence and even a little bit of self-actualization, but you know, yeah, those are great emotional intelligence, but the, the real lesson that I'm kind of taking away or concept that I'm taking away is a reminder to myself. And I'm, I'm sure that if you're listening right now, if it's not you, you know, somebody who definitely needs this reminder that it, you can go and learn all the tech and all the sales tricks and skills that you want. But if you're not building it on a solid, emotionally intelligent foundation, it's, you know, you're building on shaky ground. Absolutely. So, you know, that's, that would be my big takeaway. And the one that, you know, if, if you needed to hear that, or if you know somebody else who needs to hear that, here's your kind of shout out to go and, you know, maybe share this episode with them and to talk to them or talk to your sales manager. If you're a salesperson. Um, talk to your sales manager and look for those resources. Go and take advantage of Merit's offer. I mean, that's my challenge for you is to go and take that emotional intelligence assessment that Merit is generously offering. Yeah. The other, uh, I, I, I've been working with this client um, lately. They assess, did an emotional intelligence assessment for all the leaders in, across their different departments. And as a result of that, we were able to build a profile for them for future hiring, because now that things are yeah. opening up again, they're really looking at, we want to make good hiring decisions, but we really want to be very deliberate about the people that we're bringing in, the types of managers that we would be matching up with them. And so it's a really good way to just make sure that you're setting yourself up for explosive growth and, and being very deliberate about how you design your teams and how you work with people. So that's another application that uh, has been really, really helpful. I think that's fantastic. And you know what else is going to, it's when you talk about kind of like those building teams and interacting with others, that's a really perfect segue into next week's episode. 
because next week we have an amazing interview with Connie Podesta. Um, and we are so excited to be able to feature her on the Smarter Sales Show. She's a Hall of Fame speaker. She's the author of a best-selling book called The Life Would Be Easy If It Weren't For Other People. And we know, and you know, that you've definitely thought that. And uh, she's a therapist. That's right. A therapist and a comedian. So that's kind of awesome in and of itself. But you're going to walk away with some awesome relationship building gold. And you'll walk away with a few chuckles as well, because, you know, you got to keep this stuff funny. Yeah, that was a that was a great interview. I can't can't recommend that highly enough. Anyway, we'd love to hear what you have to say about this episode of the Smarter Sales Show or any episodes that you've listened to. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes, Spotify. Um, that helps us get the show out and connect with other people and be found. Um, we know that you're a very busy sales pro, so just take 60 seconds of out of your relationship building day and give us that five-star review or write a, write a review. We'd love to hear what you have to say. And don't forget, connect with us on LinkedIn, grab that free content in the show notes and the attachments. And of course, if you want to work with us directly, which we get questions about this all the time, and you can hear, you know, we've got some fabulous Fabulous clients that we work with, and we're always looking for more more fabulous fabulous clients. clients. So whether you need a tech tune-up for your team, and you want to talk to me, or you want to get some unbelievable sales training, for example, some emotional intelligence assessments and sales training for your team, and you're going to call Merit, or perhaps you have an event and you want to bring in both of us as the Smarter Sales Show duo in order to deliver an kick-ass virtual or in-person program for your next event, just drop us an email. You can reach us at hello at the smarter sales show.com. That's it for today's episode. I am the emotionally intelligent Merit Khan. I am the emotionally stunted Julie Holmes. Now always improving because I'm optimistic (laughs) and you have been listening to the smarter sales show. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to tune in every Wednesday to the Smarter Sales Show. If you want a tech and technique solution to your sales challenge, send an email to hello at thesmartersalesshow.com. And don't forget to check out the show notes. If you'd like a transcript of today's show with links to the tools we mentioned during the episode, as well as reminders when the episodes are released, please visit our website and subscribe to our email updates at thesmartersalesshow.com.